Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you for joining us for episode 130 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co. CPAs. I'm your host, Amanda Mulcahy, and our guest today is one of America's top leadership and sales trainer, motivator, and author. He has trained over 3,000 global leaders, over 12,000 sales professionals, and has delivered over 800 individual training classes. He is the creator of the H3 Leadership and the H3 Sales Approach. Welcome, Brandon Pipkin. Thank you. So personally, I've been able to be in one of his sales classes, which is why I'm so glad we have him on the show today, because I brought a ton of valuable information that I still use today about that class. It was awesome. The energy Brandon gives out to his audience and his style and his method. You know, there's no one else that compares with that. I've been in a class for sales wise anyways. And so I super appreciate his style. I wanted him to share some of his tips and his tricks and kind of what he's learned from a lot of research and a lot of years of doing what he's been doing. So one of the things that I took from his class that I wanted to kind of start off was the difference between the concept of task switching and multitasking and kind of what, you know, your perspective is on that part. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you did remember that. Yes. Yeah, that was a while ago. Awesome. Yeah, I think it was a guy by the name of David Gray, who used to be at the University of Michigan. Now he's with CDC or something like that. He did research on multitasking and found that most of us really can't. And there's only a small percentage of the population that is built to do that. So when modern business organizations ask us to be good at multitasking, what they're asking us to do is fracture our attention and not do the things we're doing very well. So we've gotten ourselves into a bit of a pickle thinking that we're being more productive when actually all we're doing is giving a lower percentage to each task. And there is a cost associated with multitasking and switching between these tasks so quickly. It can take, some research says, up to 20 minutes to get back up to the same level of creativity you were at on a task when you jumped off of that and jumped to another one. So we pay a price. We pay a huge price. So yeah, the idea then would be Focus on one thing at a time. You can only be in one place doing one thing anyway at a time. Focus on that, get it done, move to the next one and switch between tasks that are more focused in time. And you'll probably be more effective and take your performance to the next level. Awesome. Yeah, I remember when I heard that, I was like, that makes so much sense. And then I figured out later on in life that that's absolutely true. So, and you know what? (laughs) And I can tell you as a dad, a busy dad, five kids, there was one day in particular, I'm trying to do something here on the, on the computer. And one of the kids came in and wanted to talk. And I, I teach, turn away from the keyboard, look at the person, talk to them, right? But it, I still struggle with it. And so I'm like kind of halfway. And then I, I think I turned and I talked. As soon as that child left, I got back to it. And then another one walked in. <laughs> and I do keep my door open intentionally because I do, when I'm available, I want them to know I'm available. Come on in. This was one of those times maybe I should have shut the door. 
So as soon as that one walked out, I almost got started again, re- back in that creative zone, and another one walked <laughs> 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 So people talk about mom brain, or now I call it dad brain too. I've noticed that because I'm trying to switch too quickly and multitask, I'm losing cognitive function. I truly am. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that, like you said just a bit ago, you know, trying to make sure that you're not doing that can really take you to the next level of performance. And so that's another thing I wanted to talk about is you do take businesses the next level of performance because you help with leadership, you help with sales, and you help with their team. And so if you can just dive in a little bit about that, like unlocking your leadership potential and how that can be valuable into building your business and, you know, being or building someone else's business, depending on the role you're in. Here's what's both goofy and I guess affirming is when you say unlocking your leadership potential, I feel it right here in my heart, the impact that a good leader can have. Mm. And it's goofy because, you know, like it's almost a little too sensitive to me, but at the same time, I know that's where I'm meant to be then if it's that meaningful to me. I know the power of a good leader. I had an amazing boss. I've had several of them. Steve Rockwood was unbelievable. It got me my start in business, really. And then I had this unbelievable boss in 2003. His name is Michael Keane. Michael coached and trained me in the most perfect way possible to where I even hardly knew that I was being coached and trained. And I never knew, is he giving me constructive feedback here? Or is he giving me affirming feedback? Because they both felt the same. They both felt like I'm interested and invested in your success and I want you to grow and develop. And so in my leadership development courses, what I do is I bring all the lessons Michael taught me, all the lessons from the books that I've read, all the lessons from other formal leadership organizations, everything I can get my hands on about leadership. And I've created the H3 leadership approach to help leaders align their head, their heart, and their habits so that they can unlock that leadership potential and make a huge impact on the people that they manage. Again, I know the impact that Michael had on me and what it meant to me, my life, my personal life, my professional life. And that's what I want others to be able to do. Yeah, and I was reading some of the stats or I have some of the stats here like on your website that talk about the importance of a leader and the costs of a poor leadership. And so I'll read some of those stats out real quick because I think they're extremely important when you can actually put these the analytical side to it and hear that, you know, these are numbers. This isn't just something that we're saying or Brandon saying, oh, you need a good leader to make money. So, so it says just a couple of them, 2.6 thousand absenteeism cost per salaried employee, over a 250% annual pay for turnover, 7% less sales, three to 4% lower customer satisfaction scores, 10 to 15% performance drag on the organization. So, I mean, numbers don't lie, data doesn't lie. And you've talked to obviously thousands of people to come up with these numbers. And so what are some of like the strategies that you kind of, and you don't have to go into detail, but just some of the strategies that you try to implement that you know can get the best return for leaders? Yeah, happy to share the strategies because I want everybody to have them. The secret (laughs) is not necessarily in the strategy. The secret is in executing on the strategy. And that's where sometimes a person like me can be helpful is the way that I bring it to an organization can make a huge difference. And and yeah, these numbers, I appreciate the credit for them. These are industry numbers. And so that's a life hack right there is I didn't have to put those numbers together. I got it from smarter people, luckily. So I would say anybody who wants to improve their leadership, my favorite leadership book is called It's Your Ship by Mike Abrashoff. He's a former Navy captain. 
And in there, he basically lays out nearly every leadership concept, technique that you would need to be successful. Number one, he truly cared about his people. And he interviewed them eye to eye, knee to knee to get to know them intimately. What do you want? When you joined the Navy, were you running to something? Were you running away from something? Where do you want to be five years from now if you have that plan? What's your next step? How can I help you get there? He had his team's back. He created a vision. He held people to a standard. He caught them doing things right. So I combine a lot of what I learned there from Captain Mike in turning around one of the worst performing ships in the Navy to the best performing ship, along with this concept that I learned from a guy named Chad Webb. He works for the Latter-day Saint Church, and he was teaching a bunch of teachers how to be more effective in their classrooms, how to really connect with people, and how to help them accelerate their own performance. And so he shows this grid of high love and high performance. So in my leadership course, I go through that chart and talk about what does it look like to have high love or high caring? And love is this word that we've scrubbed from American business. I think we need to bring it back. We truly do need to love our people if we want the very best from them and for them, more importantly. So we talk about what does that love really look like? How does that caring happen? And it's not this mushy-gushy, you know, allow everything. That's where the high standards come in. So high love, high expectations. When you combine those two, that's when people can do their very best. The expectation is clear, the path is clear, and they have the support they need to get there. So those are a few of the concepts. Yeah, uh, I like how you use like the high love. And I know a lot of times growing up, people would say hard love, right? Like I, you have these <laughs> high expectations and I'm going to force them out of you basically, you know, it would just be hard love. But yeah. switching it around and having, you know, this high love, for your team. And that's another thing, you know, you kind of focus on is your team solutions and like how to build or how to get a high performing team or build a high performing team. And what are, what are some of those, I guess, concepts that you utilize to have the leaders of the team see how important building a strong and efficient and effective team is like giving them the like the authority, I guess, a little bit, you know, giving some authority to their team and not micromanaging, I would say. Yep. Yeah, that's huge. And that's where the high expectations comes in. Set the, ex- well, the, I was about to say set the expectation and then let them go, but it starts upstream from that. Hire the right people. And to highlight this, I'll go back to 2000, 2001, when I worked for an at-home call center. I was in the sales. I was a business development person. And I would reach out to an organization and invite them to let us take their inbound customer service or sales calls. 1-800-Flowers was a client, for instance. And sometimes the clients would ask, well, how do you know that these people are working from their homes? You can imagine in the year 2000, this was mind-blowing technology. It was just on the cutting edge. And one of the key things that I would say is, well, first of all, we hire the right people. When you hire the right people, you give them the right tools, then all you have to do and train them right, then all you have to do is monitor. And so here's how we monitor and here's how we ensure that that happens. So if you want a a successful team, you want a strong team, you have to hire the right people. And one of the services that I provide now is I help organizations go through five Ps to see, are we aligned? And the first one is the people. Do we have the right people in the right seats doing the right things? 
Then if you provide the right training and set the right expectations and continually follow up to that because people need constant reinforcement, it's just how we humans are built. That's when the individual can achieve their very best and the team therefore achieves their very best. As long as throughout that process, you're continually connecting with that person and helping them get what they want, not pushing on them what you want. People do things for their reasons, not for yours. So to kind of sum that up, how do you get the very best from the team? Well, you get the, what you do is you focus on the individual. If you want a high-performing team, you focus on individuals one-on-one. You hire the right people, you give them the right training, you set the right expectations, you give them the right tools, and then you constantly follow up and make sure that you're providing everything that they need along the way, giving them the love and support they need as well. Oh, that's awesome. So before I did this, I managed a hotel and in the hotel industry, there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of turnover. And I was, I was thankful I had the ability to have three quarters where my turnover was almost 0%, which is crazy, but it reflected in our net profit and our revenue where we had the highest revenue performance of the year. And so it was awesome. But some of the things I implemented were some of the things that I had learned from you and from your team solutions, actually. And one of them was like how you have to, when you ask a question to your team and when you're talking to your team, to make sure you do do it individually and one-on-one. And the other thing was to actually listen. So I think there was another little like bullet point I took out of your class, which was like, it takes the average crowd like two minutes or something to process after you ask a question for them to want to answer it, I think is kind of, is that right? Ten, it, give them at least 10 seconds is what the manager taught me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Something, which 10 seconds seems like very long when, Forever. <laughs> when you're holding quiet. But what that would do is that would allow them to, yes, process whatever the question was or whatever I was asking, and then actually give me valuable feedback to where I wouldn't always be able to implement it. You know, I would tell them, but as long as they could give it to me, we could try, right? Or we could figure out a solution to do it. And so I think those, like to build a high performing team, I'm really focusing on the people I would agree is, is extremely valuable in the long run and cost saving as well, as you've mentioned. <laughs> I Thank you for sharing that. I'd love to hear the tangible results from that. And you've just touched on such an important piece that so many leaders miss. The reason that those people stayed with you is you asked the question, among other things, but you asked the question and then you demonstrated, I care what your response is. I care what your opinion is. And like you said, doesn't mean you can always implement it, but by acknowledging what they've said and letting them know that their voice is valuable, you conveyed to them, I value you and I want you here. And that's why people stayed. Awesome. Yeah. And again, these are, these are strategies. Y'all are getting a crash course right now from Brandon Pipkin on sales and leadership guys. So <laughs> I hope you'll enjoy it because this stuff does work. It's not just, I mean, he's been around for a while and he's been doing what he's been doing for a while. And so it's extremely beneficial. And then, so kind of like on the last topic I wanted to touch on was kind of, there's a difference between just going in and doing these courses or doing these classes or speaking with leaders and developing them. And then, you know, leaving the next day or the next week or whatever. Um, And so (laughs) what is some of the stuff, I guess, that you maybe implemented or you've you've kind of seen that sustains the success and sustains the growth, at least for a little while after, you know, you've implemented these trainings? Okay, first of all, I'm going to need to call a timeout here and dig into your thought process because this is fascinating to me. 
How do you know that that is the key, the reinforcement piece? Oh, I don't know. I guess they just feel like one follows the other. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Here's why this is so impressive. I'm frustrated with my own industry and have been for the 15, 20 years that I've been solely focused on training. The training industry currently in American business, and we've gotten better. We have. But for the most part, what we do is we put people into a room, we pack their heads full of information for eight or 16 hours, and then we say, great, go be different. Thanks. Ciao. Maybe we do an upfront one homework assignment and then maybe a follow-on or something like that. And we expect behavior change to happen. That's not how behavior change happens for human beings. It's, It's not. So you are ahead of this training industry, which has had years to figure this out. And you already know this, that sustainment is the key. So I think really the key is you've got to create the right environment, the right training environment for people to be open to what you're talking about and the right concepts. And that's where... I hate, this is where I struggle. I hate to be self-serving. I know I need to market and let people know what I do and all that kind of good stuff. But with as little hubris as I can can interject into this, I, I was made to be in a classroom with people connecting with them. And when you create the right environment with that connection, where people can connect with the information and understand how it applies to them and that they know that truly, genuinely, the person delivering the information is invested in their success, then they're able to drop some of the natural defenses that we as adults have to taking in new information. And and that helps accelerate things. But the real magic is indeed day to day when the manager uses the nomenclature, when the team talks about these concepts together. And then I come in and I do a little coaching and reinforcement along the way Maybe it's an hour with the team, a couple hours with individuals on a consistent path. Maybe it's a half-day session follow-up. Those kinds of things help continue the momentum. Without those things on the back end, and especially without managers continuing to make it part of the culture and inculcating it, it's going to drop off pretty precipitously. No, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. It's kind of like someone going to school, you know, just because they go for four years and sitting in every class doesn't mean that they're going to retain all the information and use it correctly. So, Bingo. Especially with the way that we conduct American college is it's mostly an information don't. And we therefore, we don't connect with the information. We don't make it part of us and assimilate it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. It's really, you really need that real, real world experience to be able to learn and grow. Yep. Crazy. And so I guess you have a lot of information. So you wrote a book. 21 questions for 21 millionaires, how ordinary people create extraordinary success, which you can get on Amazon. And I'll link to Brandon has his own website with all of his information on it, how to get a hold of him, and then where to find this book as well. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with though? I mean, you have a ton of valuable information that can't be summed up in 10 seconds, but I know you're doing some stuff with like sales managers and, and things like that. And I know that you have probably other things out there coming. So um, just, yeah, what insights do you have? Yeah, I appreciate that. LinkedIn is a great place. The website's a great place. On LinkedIn, I'll be posting, as you mentioned, interviews with sales managers. So the, the human condition fascinates me. And I like to get inside people's heads, hearts, and habits and find out what are you doing that's creating success for you and what can others learn from that and be inspired by. Not for a blueprint, 
but to be inspired by. And the reason I say not for a blueprint, when I started my book, I thought it was going to be a blueprint. And when I interviewed the third person, he blew my whole hypothesis out of the water because my hypothesis was if, if you find your passion, you'll find your success. And when I asked Matt Given, what's your passion? He said, I don't know. I've never had that conversation with myself. And when I dug into how he set goals and how he built his business, it was not what we're traditionally told. So interviewing those sales managers, but then more particularly to your point of what else would I want people to know? And it ties into why I'm interviewing sales managers and sharing that. I believe that every person on this earth has natural gifts, talents, and abilities that you were given to bless the rest of us, to enrich your own life, to create productive, creative, wonderful outcomes for yourself and for others. And I have an irrepressible drive to help people connect with those gifts, talents, and abilities and bring them out so that they can shine and bless the rest of the world with it and truly share those gifts. So if anybody listening, if I can leave you with anything, it is please step into who you are meant to be because the rest of us need it. That's awesome and powerful, very powerful and true. So that's awesome, powerful and true. So I want to thank you, Brennan, very much for, I know you're busy and so I appreciate you being able to come on the show. So thank you. Thank you. And then that is everything. So we will wrap up and thank you for listening. Again, I'll post to everything in the show notes and keep that momentum going. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.